Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, from Connecticut, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, January 16, 2018, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 15, the second paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph, beginning with, We commenced to make many fast friends, and ending on the top of page 16 with, growing in numbers and power, along with the referenced footnote as well. Today's readers are Esther F., Mary G., Rita K., Amy W., and Penny C. Our newcomer greeter is Russ M. The reference number for yesterday's Monday, January 15, 2018's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10 920. And the reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10921. That's 10921. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a grateful compulsive overeater, recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. Twelve steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service in a pass. Thank you for your service, Esther F. I will now ask Mary G. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Thank you, Rebecca. My name is Mary G., and I'm a compulsive overeater in recovery in Rochester, New York. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group out never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me do service this morning. Thank you for your service, Mary G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I will be timing the shares, and I'll say the word time if you get to three minutes as a reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, Press star 1 to unmute. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And we don't use um, speaker phones because that causes uh, difficulty. Today we resume our study of the big book in chapter one, Bill's story on page 15, the second paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph beginning with, we commenced to make many fast friends and ending at the top of page 16 with growing in numbers and power along with the corresponding footnote as well. I will now ask Rita Kay to read that for us. Thanks so much, Rebecca. My name is Rita Kay from Kansas, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. We commenced to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us, which is a wonderful thing to fill apart. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I have seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. In one Western city and its environs, there are 1,000 of us and our families. We meet frequently so that newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. At these formal gatherings, one may often see from 50 to 200 persons. We are growing in numbers and power. And the asterisk, the footnote says, in in 2010, AA is composed of over 115,773 groups. Wow. You know, um, I usually am drawn to individual words in the paragraph, and uh, the word that really jumps out to me is vital, and vital meaning of paramount importance. And, you know, just looking at how important, um, and he's talking about men, but uh, let's open our minds, and we know that uh, uh, men and women of all walks of life have been impacted by this by this program since Bill wrote this. And people who have very important uh, job <clears throat> jobs, very important positions within their own family. You know, we have parents who have uh, who have recovered on this line we can testify to what he's writing right here right here you know when he talked about uh, the joy of living we really have you know I'm one who uh, I can identify with Bill in so many ways you know I've struggled with depression often on myself and sometimes you know can be afraid you know to be too happy like uh oh when's the bottom gonna drop out but someone said something to me the other day. Someone said, Rita, she said, you just you just look different. You look, and she was trying to search, and I, I, I kind of waited. I thought, well, what in the world? And she said, you look 
happy. That's it. You look happy. And, you know, I almost said, well, I didn't know I had been looking unhappy. But, no, you know, when you're not in recovery, when you're in misery, and when all these things are going on in your life, you know, um, there it, it shows up on our face. It shows up in your eyes. And so what people are seeing now, you know, is coming through in my eyes, and I and I am learning to say, well, thank you, you know, and and sometimes someone will ask, what's going on with you? You know, you you're you're moving better. Well, for one thing, I had knee surgery, but also, you know, they they they're noticing that there's a there's more than just that change. And so when he talks about the joy of living, we really have, and he said, this is really true. This is really happening to to him and to other families, and that people who are vitally important have been restored. And with that, I pass. I'm I'm sorry, what page are we? I'm sorry, what page? Page 15, the second paragraph to the top of 16. Who would like to share on that paragraph? Madam. Laura G. I heard Matt M. and Laura G. Anyone else want to get in line? Harlan G. Julie R. Julie R. I think Julie R. Harlan G. I heard you, Harlan. Okay. Okay, the person, I got Matt, Laura, Harlan, Julie, and there's someone else trying to speak up. That's Terry N. Terry N. Rasa R. Rita P. Rasa Owen Rita P. I'm going to stop there. And then I'll get uh, more names after this group. Matt M., Laura G., Harlan G., Julie R., Terry N., Vasa O., and Rita P. Matt M., please go ahead. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which had not been overcome among us. This is a fellowship, a we program. We need each other to work this program and to get healed. This is not an easy disease to face, and I didn't ask for it, I didn't want it, but you know what? I know that I know that I have it. I have a, I have some place to go. I'm never alone. I always have a phone, and I always have to. I need to use it when I want to feel like I'm going to pick up. And I've had that feeling a lot lately because I'm dealing with some emotions I don't want to deal with, They're losing some friendships and re- reorganizing my life, which is very difficult, you know, trying to get a job and other things. But I digress. I said basically that we need each other to work this program. We can't do this alone. Otherwise, we'd be all off. if I was able to do this alone, I would have done it a long time ago. I would have lost the weight. I never would have gone up to almost 700 pounds. That's not, that's not what I, who wants to be that heavy, can barely move around, can still drive with their stomach up against the steering wheel, can barely drive, barely make a turn. The steering wheel digging into their stomach as they're driving. You know, who wants that? I don't, I know I didn't. But um, it's very awesome that, you know, I met so many newcomers. I met so many different people, and I've actually made some fast friendships, and uh, I've been friends with so many people for years. I've been in the room since 2007, and I made a few friends that I can actually call my friends. I'm grateful I met them. I even brought one of my close friends into the fellowship. She asked me about program. I told her that now she's recovered and she's working the program. So it's a miracle. This program really does give us give us the ability to help others as well as help ourselves. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Madam. Laura G. Thanks, moderator. Am I being heard? Yes. Is this Laura G? This is Laura G, a compulsive overeater in California. Um, 
I was thinking about two things. Um, the first one is where it says the joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty. Um, I'm, the joy of living we really have. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm starting to understand that. There is uh, the joy of living we really have. It, it, it really is possible. And um, even under pressure and difficulties, um, there's a lot of joy. And um starting to understand that because I'm feeling my feelings uh, instead of, uh, you know, engrossing myself in something that I thought was more uh, better than feeling my feelings is not the case. Um, I'm starting to get that. And the other sentence that I really love is um, at these informal gatherings, one uh, may often see from 50 to 200 persons. And I'm wondering, you know, at the time, because this book is old, we all know that, um, um, they didn't realize that these informal gatherings like our conventions and all the things that um, we do when we come together, they're like huge now. They're like, I mean, this last one, 900 people I've heard they're, they're growing. And I don't know if I've been, if there are any more than nine, you know, conventions or gatherings that we have that are over that number, but this 50 to 200, it's, it's huge now. So I think that's pretty amazing. It was really cool to say see you next year again to people that I've been seeing consistently now for a couple of years. And I think that it just reiterates and it's exciting to know that it, it is growing and it is strong and it'll keep getting stronger because we'll keep spreading the message and people will continue to try to have hope from something that felt, it, you know, that feels terrible when you're in it. So I'm just, excited of this paragraph uh, is exciting to me and I pass. Thank you, Laura G. Harlan G. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Scottsdale, Arizona. We see in Bill's story that Bill is choosing his liquor and letting his friends go. He's choosing, not choosing, not, that's not the right word. The liquor is choosing him. <laughs> the liquor is choosing him. On page three, it says, my drinking assumed more serious proportions, continuing all day and almost every night. The remonstrances, remonstrances are protestations of my friends terminated in a row. A row is a disturbance, a fight, a quarrel and I became a lone wolf. There were many unhappy scenes in our sumptuous apartment. We see the destruction of Bill's life. We see how the alcoholism affects every molecule of Bill's life to the negative. And here on page 15, we see he's making friends. A fellowship is growing up around him, which is wonderful thing. <coughs> Excuse me, I can't talk this morning. Which is a wonderful thing to feel apart. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere. I've seen the most impossible domestic situations, righted feuds and bitternesses of all sorts, wiped out. Look at the miracles. I don't have the time to reread it. We've just read it. Alcoholism chose Bill. Bill didn't choose alcoholism. I didn't mean to say that before. But God took an unremarkable drunk born in an unremarkable place, East Dorset, Vermont. And he used 
Dr. Silkworth to bring a message of what was ailing him. And he used Ebby Thatcher and the Oxford Group movement to, 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 to combine, to give Bill not just the problem but the solution. Is Bill the first person that had this information? We don't know. But here's what we do know. He will be the first human being to take the problem and the solution, weld them together, and bring the message to the world. And Bill and Bob will change the world. Ultimately, it has been said by many a philosopher that the 20th century will be known for three things. Number one, Kitty Hawk, the Wright Brothers' flight. Number two, the atomic slash computer age. And number three, last but not least, the development of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. There have been more people restored back into society and life through this book than all other methods combined. This paragraph is a miracle. This program is a miracle. And every one of us today who are listening on this line are miracles. We have a responsibility to take the message and move it forward. This is not free. We have to move the message forward. And every time we walk in here, we walk in on the shoulders of giants. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Julie R. Hi. Thanks, Rebecca. This is Julie R., a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just want to kind of go over a few things that have been said. I've highlighted in my book, of course, that we've seen hundreds of families set their feet in a path that really goes somewhere. Impossible domestic situations have been righted. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not have not been overcome among us. So what, what does that mean? That means that that's not when I come in the rooms and do the work and I have my spiritual awakening or spiritual experience, I am going to have a power in me that will allow me to become a totally different person. I'm going to think, act, live differently. So, you know, I can look at my own situation about domestic situations righted. I had left my husband. I was not uh, living to my marriage vows. Where am I today? I am happily married to my husband, and we've just, you know, been together 31 years. What is that? That wasn't didn't come from me. That came from living a spiritual program. Business and professional men have regained their standing. I never lost my standing, but I was able to flip through God and be a totally different manager. There's, I've gone through things with my children um, that easily could have led me to the food, easily, you know, situations, but it never pops into my head. Why? Why is that? Because I've had a spiritual experience, awakening, and I live, what is live in 10, 11, 12, right? How am I going to keep what I've been so freely given? And on that last pair, well, one of the last paragraphs, it says, we meet frequently so that the newcomer may find the fellowship they seek. You know, it's not me 
telling a newcomer what to do. It's not me adding all these things to a newcomer that they're supposed to do because they've got to do it like me. I go through the book. I, I go through the exact instructions of this book, and I can talk about how I, Julie, have been transformed, not about how Susie Q or whoever I'm working with must do. And it's like this is so exciting to be able to live and enjoy life and without one obsessive thought of food, never wanting to overeat and not wanting to do inappropriate things, not wanting to constantly be in charge because I follow the book. And thank you, Pat. Thank you, Julia. Terry N. Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N. from New Jersey. And I'm so grateful. Uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, so grateful to be on the line and share my experience, strength, and hope, which is that um, I have made a lot of friends and there is a fellowship growing up around me that for which I am so grateful. Um, it's not easy. I have to do a lot of reaching out and um, but it's working and I just keep plugging along and it's experiencing the joy of living um, even under pressure and difficulty. So when there's an issue, I have a design for living that I talked about in the paragraph before that I get through that without going to the food. And to experience what I'm experiencing today with the neutrality around the food is something that I've never, ever had. And um, I'm just, I'm kind of overwhelmed and very enthuse, enthusiastic about being able to try to carry this message. Um, and I, I get on my knees and I, and I ask God to help and thank him for the opportunity to share my experience, strength, and hope and to help me to do that. I, I don't know why I get so darn nervous sharing on this line, but, um, you know, I, I used to get that way when I called people too. So <laughs> if I just keep doing it, it will get easier. And so I'm really grateful to be here and thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Terri Ann. Vasa O. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. Rebecca, thank you so much for your service. And it's just, this book is just amazing. My life has changed so much since I came to Overeaters Anonymous, put the food down and work the 12 steps. I lived in a very, very small world, and my world has been, is, is so much bigger today, of course, going to the meetings, meeting friends, having a sponsor, and it's just amazing. I can't, I, I never thought I'd be ever where I am today, and and then coming to this meeting four years ago was so blessing, and uh, I had a fear of people speaking in public, and, uh, you know, I like small groups, I you know, even with small groups, I was very intimidated. But gradually, little by little, God gave me the strength, the power to be able to share because I found, you know, I found people that would, you know, came out of their, their pain and suffering 
and you know by working the steps and where they were you know and i you know i said i want what these people have so i better do what they are doing and i remember when i came to this meeting there were like 200 people listening and i remember saying to myself i could never be alive being up on a podium and speaking to people telling about my story my you know my experience trying to hope and i said well god is used can use us in many different ways I mean, there's so many people right now, I, you know, probably three or 400 people. I don't know how many. And, and just to feel comfortable and to feel secure, to be in my own room, and we can still um, pass the message to, um, to other people, carrying the message, you know, in so many different ways. So, and you know, so many more people now, even, you know, on the phone bridge, I've met people down in Florida, and we meet together face-to-face, all over the world. It's amazing. My relationships are so restored. I left my husband, and by the grace of God, we're back together. We're happily together. Financial insecurity is gone. You know, I got a job. I went back to school. But I felt guilty to, to be joyful when people were, Suffering, and you know, I can have compassion, but I can be joyful being, you know, working the steps and having a higher power, and how to be useful to those people that are in their food addiction or in their whatever they're struggling with. So, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Dorita P. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dorita P. from Cleveland, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and I'm really grateful I have a seat here. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. And I'm grateful we're reading uh, this part of the book. You know, I love the ends of stories. Um um, but I have to read the beginning to see how far the person uh, have come uh, has come, however you say it. And I'm just really grateful. So, um, so we commenced to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us, of which it is a wonderful thing to fill apart. Yes, um, you know, um, I don't know where I would be without the program. I know. I've been in asylums. I know I've been to jail. I know I was suicidal. Um, So, you know, the big book gives us three options. Uh, Those options, uh, jails, institutions, and uh, death. And, um, you know, I have to stay here because I don't want any of that. And I have made many fast friends. I had a group of friends over uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, Martin Luther King Day, uh, our, our uh, Monday uh, afternoon 1.30 meeting um, at, at, at the church, at our church, uh, at the church, um, was closed. The church was closed. So we met at my place in my party room. And after the 1.30 meeting, we uh, looked at the movie, we watched the movie, uh, My Name is Bill W. And it's a wonderful um movie uh, about how AA was started. Um, And we had a really good time, a wonderful time. And so, um, 
And so, so in the Cleveland area, we pick uh, a theme for every year. Last year, it was called the Unity Train, where you know groups of us would go, go from our home group meeting to to visit another meeting uh, on another on another night, just so that we could kind of mingle with each other. It was called the Unity Train, and this year we're thinking about. Um, uh, making an effort to have social time with each other. So I got an early start by uh, having this movie at my place. Um, and I think it's a really good thing. When I came in um, years ago, uh, we did uh, social things. We would get together before meetings, after meetings, coffee, uh, lunch, or meals. Um, and uh, it's up to me now to do it. You know, they did it for me back then. Now it's up to me to do it for new people and for myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. Thank you, Dorita P. I'm going to tell you what we read today. If you got on the line a little bit late, and mute your phone, please. Thank you. And so what we read was on page 15, the second paragraph, and just that one paragraph over to 16. Who else would like to share on that paragraph? Charles H. Charles H. Jennifer C. Sally. Sally Jennifer P. C. Leah. Jen a. Second. Sally P. P. Barbara and then, P. Did I hear a Leah? Yes. Leah and Barbara. And I heard a Barbara. Leah I think I heard a second Leah. And and was it Sarah? Yes. Sarah. Okay. A. Was that Raquel? Yes. Okay. I think, I don't know. Let's see. That may be all the time we have. Even, I'm not even sure, but let's see how it goes because I haven't calculated it. So Charles H., Jennifer C., Sally P., and then I lost track of initials. Leah, Barbara, Leah, Sarah, and Raquel. Charles H., please go right ahead. Good morning. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'd like to um, drill down where, and I, and I do approve of this message from Bill. <laughs> you know, we commence to make many fast friends. And like my friend just said previously, not, not them fast friends, not them fake friends, not them fair-weathered friends. These friends, man, Yo, these friends are, 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 you know, they say a good friend is better than pocket money. These, these friends are more valuable than any type of paper, any type of metal, any type of alloy, any type of drink, any type of binge food. I'm telling you, man, we, oh my, I, we, it was just so super lit. I'm still high. I'm still up in the cloud somewhere. It's just unbelievable. And, you know, like, like, like my brother says, we have a responsibility to, um, we got some business to do here. And when I say business, I mean we need to carry this message. Um, it was so great to, to be part of a – they had, you know, California, Colorado, you guys are just – Arizona, you guys are unbelievable. We had a, 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 a ebony meeting there. I've never been to a meeting with just people of different races, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and they want it. They want what we have. And – and we had an opportunity two times, you know, at, at, at in California to carry the message. And shout out to Kathy Joe, man. 
she's a she's just like you know everybody there got about five vision for you cards each <laughs> so 800 times five i don't know they did a great job it was just unbelievable amazing the message was carried people found sponsors and and, and that is the the, the 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 fellowship that we we crave right that that's what we want to do we need to do that in order to keep our recovery and that's what i get from um from this passage in Bill's story. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Jennifer C. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Jennifer C. Recovering compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, gosh, I first came onto this meeting back in May, and I feel like everything has just been so so perfectly timed for me that when I first came in, you guys were talking about uh, we we agnostics, and I feel that my disease was really trying to mess with with me at the beginning about not turning everything over to God. And then with each meeting I listened to, you, my friends, have guided me through this program, not only on this line, on the uh, Vision for You meeting, but my face-to-face meeting. And um, now I'm getting to the point where I am in step 11 and 12, and I have... I have done so well through listening to your stories, my friends, that you have shared with me how this book has touched your life. And I am getting deep into it, and it is touching my life. But now, oh, my goodness, it's time for me to help others. Hi, I'm not ready. You have to be in it for a year, right? No, you have to do this, right? What What's the magic thing in order to become a sponsor? And these past few days of listening to you, my friends, talk about what it's like to be a sponsor has eased my mind and has made me ready to go out there and be a sponsor and share with others. And so as a newcomer who has found fellowship here, I have sought you out and I appreciate all all of your amazing words and I truly appreciate Bill Wilson and making these words happen so I just want to say thank you and I think I'm ready to be a sponsor and it's because of what I've heard here on the line and have a glorious day and with that I pass thank you Jennifer C Sally P Sally P Sally Can you hear P. me Thank you. I'm Sally P. And I'm from Colorado. And um, I want to talk about that same sentence. We commenced to make many fast friends and a fellowship has grown up among us of which it is a wonderful thing to be a part of. So I have a quick story to share with you all about what happened post-OA birthday party. Just my head was so in the clouds when I I had to leave Sunday morning. that I missed my connecting flight back to Colorado and was told that um, I was going to have a 12-hour wait. And I was really mad, mad at myself because it was my fault that I missed my flight. And so I, I came to accept it and said, okay, God, you know, what do you have in store for me, you know, this day? And um, not that I didn't do it all with anxiety, but I put one foot in front of the other. And long story short, um, I get back to the airport and I find out I'm, I'm, you know, delayed for another couple of hours. And at the birthday party, I won a copy of the first edition of the AA Big Book. And I had it with me. And I'm walking around the airport and with this book under my arm. And I sit down and this guy comes up to me and he like sticks his face in my face. And he's like, 
hi, I see what you're reading. And um, I, instantly, I instantly knew he was a, f- a friend of Bill W.'s. And um, goes on to tell me how the reading material that he brought with him was a book that he pulled off the shelf that day and somebody, a friend of his who was in AA, had gave it to him and he had found this book when he worked for 1-800-JUNK and he pulled this book off the shelf and said, I'm going to bring this reading material with me and it was a copy of the original. It was the hardbound book of the original big book. And he said he opened the big book that day and as a, as a marker in the big book, was a copy of Bill W.'s obituary. This big book that he had was, the pages were yellow, the, the obituary was yellow, and he said, this is what happened to me today. And we both looked at each other with love. I mean, here's a total stranger that I had never met, but there was this instant, instant situation of love between a brother and a sister in a fellowship. And we both giggled because I think we both knew that it wasn't a God shot. That was a God tidal wave for me. And I just, all those hours of waiting in the airport, that was such an affirmation that I was right where I was supposed to be and that um, God is with me every step of my day. But I had to be open and say, God, show me why this happened and show me. And the best thing is, is, Last year, I would have had my face in a cheeseburger over this, and I didn't. The food wasn't even an option. And on that, I'll sh- I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sally P. Leah S. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This is Leah S., a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The line, the joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. What is the joy of living? It is it is just just being not obsessed with everything that I'm doing or having. That it's not about the food. It's it, it doesn't even come into the equation. Even under pressure and difficulty, it, when I first came in, I thought this was like a, a, a rat race. Uh, who has the more dramatic story and who can more uh, you know, you know, just uh, I found that I had to separate my feelings and my emotions from the facts of what were and are. And once I started to understand that, but I couldn't understand that before. I couldn't because I was always numbed out by the food. For crying out loud, everything that I did was food. Food followed. Food, food preceded. Food was was my God, and and my goodness, put the food down. The joy of living is so un. It's it's un. It's unbelievable, and we can't understand it until we do not experience it. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Barbara E. I believe. Yes, indeed, it is Barbara E. And there are present 365 people today on our 7 a.m. meeting. Isn't that amazing? And when I checked in just prior to 7 a.m., 
I said, good morning, this is Barbara E., and our lovely moderator said, I recognize your voice. How amazing is that to me? Because I'm the kind of person who goes into a face-to-face meeting three times a week and can feel alone in the midst of a group, feel isolated, apart from, rather than a part of. At the end of the meeting, when we all joined hands and hugged and kissed, I wanted to leave immediately because I was sure no one would turn to me and give me a hug. I felt lower than the low. I always said I worked my way up from no self-esteem to low self-esteem. But on this wonderful meeting, I feel a sense of fellowship, of joy, of love, of common common goals I've never felt before. I get phone calls from all over the world, and I make phone calls to people every day from this meeting. I love hearing from them, and I love working with them. I've been a food sponsor for two decades, but only when I picked up the wonderful, joyful honor, privilege of being a step sponsor did I really start to grow and learn about myself as I walked the path with other people. And every time I work with a different person, I And I feel what I feel less alone. Thank you so much, and I pass. Oh, Barbara, we lost a few words, but then you came back. Thank you so much, Leah M. Thank you so much, Rebecca. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere. You know, that jumped out at me today. Um, I had no path prior to coming to this program, uh, prior to uh, beginning this uh, path of recovery, January 19, 1987. I really was a lost person. You know, I had been a lost child, a lost adolescent, a, lo- a very lost uh, lost and broken shell of, of a young woman. And there's a saying, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And I was trying any roads, <laughs> and they were all dead ends. Uh, the program of recovery has given me a very specific path, and no wonder uh, numbers began to build here because people were getting recovered, staying recovered as a result of these 12 steps, and families were being reunited. And, uh, you know, life was flourishing. You know, I can say with my life today, you know, I, I probably live under wonderful, wonderful, splendid, constant pressure uh, with such a large family and the constant demands of taking care of a large family, the physical needs, the emotional needs, the spiritual needs, a husband with his own uh, company. It's quite pressuring. Um, but the program of recovery has given me tremendous stability because I'm standing on unlimited power, unlimited knowledge, unlimited love and protection, and that's, for me, God. 
you know, that I am tethered to something always. Um, you know, <laughs> I live a life that flourishes. My task is to stay gently pressed up against this way of life. And those of us who are recovered, we lean into the spirit. We take the next indicated action, especially acts contrary uh, to our will, right? And we have a fellowship and a network uh, that kind of encourages that. Uh, we allow the spirit to lead us. We maintain an attitude of gratitude and compassion and humility that this comes from God, that the well that is so plentiful today that I drink from and, uh, you know, it's unlimited, that's God's well. We live a life that flourishes. But it's very clear, as, as abundant as this fellowship is and as, as exhilarating as it is to see numbers climb, perhaps, it's the fellowship that supports us and the program of action that changes us. One supports us. One changes us. The support comes through the fellowship and the encouragement of networks and sponsorship and friendships. But the change comes as a result of the program of recovery and these transformative 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Sarah W. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision, to you, Sarah W., very grateful, compulsive overeater. Um, Beautiful to listen this morning. Um, Well, the the two, actually three parts that I found most important to me in reading this was there is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. And for me, um, you know, I've listened for about four years to this meeting um, and been a part of it. Um, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, for me, this meeting is a big book, a big book meeting, um, and um, for almost 23 years, I've uh, really felt um, that I've lived, especially the last six years, in the big book, um, and I like. Um, the idea that no matter what troubles come, that with um, with a higher power, with um, a spiritual connection, um, imperfectly, and um, and with a beautiful fellowship, uh, with lots of connections, I do feel a part of. And um, as was stated um, in the previous share, you know, the joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't feel pain. That doesn't mean I don't feel uh, sad. Um, But I can detach from that uh, if if it's something that I can detach from. And I also can um, have gratitude for all the blessings that I have, abstinence, um, the 12 steps, and, um, and really living living the steps, living the program. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. I appreciate hearing you on the line, and thank you, Vision, for you. And Rebecca, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Raquel E. Hello. Hello, our dear Rebecca, and hi to all my sweet family friends, family slash friends. Fellows there, um, uh, Rebecca, 
if I, there's no time, I'll just claim my seat and thank you and thank everybody who is there. I've had, how much time do I have? You have a full three minutes, if you can believe that, oh, Raquel. Oh, oh, I don't believe this. Wonderful, wonderful. I, it's just so exciting. I have now a new computer that I hardly know how to use, but a, a wonderful neighbor who used to live here came by and set me up with this Skype that I can unmute before I had a phone line that I couldn't unmute, and now we're together again. Um, I want to share an experience of this togetherness that is spoken about in this um, I, in, in this paragraph and so beautifully described. Um, I already mentioned before that uh, we are not doing too hot here in Israel in both the English-speaking meetings and the Hebrew-speaking meetings. Happened to us what happened to all this beautiful God-given program Something new, like Harlan says, the Renaissance, and we are part of it. But I happened to go into a meeting a, a few months ago that I haven't gone to in a long time. I, God pushed me there, I know. Out of a meeting that used to have between 35 to 40 people, there were four people sitting around, sadly reading a zillion formats. And... I just looked around and I know these people except for one who was new. And I, and one friend that used to do so well was sitting there in such sorry shape. And they asked me to lead because they just wanted to hear what, you know, how, how, why, how has it been for me? And telling them the little story that I have of what happened to me since 2010 when coffee shop came on and then our beloved vision and you know it was exciting but then sad and they all looked at me and pointed at the one friend who has gained so much weight and said her name and said help her help her one of them had tears in her eyes and the other one her voice cracked and this person has difficult uh, medical problems that came from the obesity and it's been six months now that I've been working with her I, that I've been blessed to be able and the change is such that I went in there yesterday with one more friend and there was such an atmosphere just among those few people and maybe God is pointing the way that we're going to rebuild that meeting and if he is kind and graceful to me as he was until now, and he didn't draw me out of the Holocaust in order to drown me in the sand, I will be able to pay him back for a little bit of what he has done, a teeny little bit, and it's exhilarating. And it's like just what is described here. New friends will come in. I feel such hope uh, these days with that, and just need your prayers to be with me that my heart, my mind should not falter, and I'd be able to translate because many of them don't speak English, and there have been such wonderful things online lately, uh, and that I'm sitting and, you know, I just, I, I can't, I have no words to say what it's like. This last, like, two uh, specials that were on, Esther, and, uh, and, and before that, Adam, and he'll be here in Israel, and it's just too exciting. 
I love you all, and God bless, and straight on and ahead, because we know where we are going. We are no longer on that, what Leah said. You know, if you don't know where you're going, every path will get you there. We know where we're going, and we know the path is so clearly marked, so clearly marked. Like Esther said, clear, or Melanie in her introduction, that there are clear directions, and it's so good because we will find all the loopholes to get out from under and over and under the fence. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. And I love every one of you. Have wonderful recoveries. And I pass. Thanks, Raquel. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Tuesday, January 16th, 2018, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 10-923. That's 10923. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Amy W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Amy, we don't hear you. Penny C, are you available? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm here, Amy oh. W. I'm just having phone okay. trouble. Good morning, Hi, everyone. Amy. Hello. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. So grateful to be here this morning. My name's Amy W., com- Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.